0: back to the Tokes Talks podcast. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. And this week I want to talk about self-rejection. So it's pretty much a continuation of last week's Kool-Aid episode. If any of you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to about drinking the Kool-Aid. It's, it's really important and really good information as is most of what I give you guys anyway. So self-rejection is when you convince yourself that you're not good enough. You're not capable of things or you're not worthy of something. And something can be a person, a position, an opportunity, access, whatever it is. That's why it's something. And based on this self-conviction of lack of worthiness, we deprive ourselves of the opportunity of accessing whatever that thing is right so some of the things that we can say that are self-rejection statements are I didn't apply because I I know I won't get it you've (laughs) taking yourself out of the running through your thoughts of yourself another one is they're not looking for someone like me and this is something that I'm sure many of us have said in many different ways right and another one is what's the point of even trying and that's like lost hope right there's absolutely no reason to even continue to push forward because we've determined that we're never going to receive it because we don't see our personal worthiness of whatever that thing is right and for me personally I don't know about you guys, but I can kind of assume based on the fact that you listen to me and we're probably somewhat on the same wavelength. What I refuse to do is think so small of myself that I count myself out. It's absolutely impossible. I refuse to do that with all the passion available to me. And one of the reasons why is because there are enough people doing that to us already there are enough people counting us out thinking we're not worthy not giving us opportunities blocking our access there is zero reason why I am gonna join the list of all of the barriers blocking me from getting to where I need to be it just doesn't make any logical sense to me and the reason why I really wanted to talk about this is because I've been noticing it a lot more Maybe, I don't know why, (laughs) I can't even think of why, but I've been noticing that people are self-rejecting. They are not taking opportunities or seeing things that could be possible and just counting themselves out by not even trying. And it's kind of heartbreaking to me if I'm completely honest with you because I'm that type of person where one of my flaws, I guess, is the inability to step back. (laughs) So if I see that someone is doing something that I perceive could be done better or that they're selling themselves short, it It activates something in me and I become that motivational speaker of why they should do it. And yes, I understand that this can be overbearing and I'm working on it. And one of the ways to work on things is to be self-aware. So that's why I'm telling you guys so I can hold myself publicly accountable, but that's just how it's been. I've been noticing a lot of people not applying for jobs, not shooting their shot, not being open to the processes that they're entering into because of this self-rejection mechanism. And self-rejection is, of course, I'm sure you guys can tell a form of self-sabotage because you're blocking your own blessings and hindering your own growth by deciding that you're not worthy and therefore not trying. And what I'm going to do for the rest of the episode is give you guys a little bit of background on what self-rejection can look like so that you can take an account and determine if it's something that maybe you're doing in your life in a way that you've never realized. Then also, I'm going to give you three tips to help you with counteracting self-rejection. So first of all, self-rejection can look like stagnation. This is probably a little obvious because when you reject yourself, you stay stuck, right? And it's staying stuck when you're not happy, especially. It's one thing, like some people might think being married is staying stuck, but if you're happily married, you're not necessarily stuck. You're you're deciding to actively, presently be there. But this is stagnation. It's staying stuck somewhere that you're not happy at. And this could be a job that you are definitely not happy at, a relationship that you're not happy in, or any toxic or unfulfilled situation. And part of the reason why you stay, that really goes back to self-rejection is believing that there's nothing better available you hate your job but you're you're staying there because you've decided that every single other job available will be just as bad so I might as well just stay where I am for the seniority and the comfort or in a relationship um i don't think anybody else would ever want me or maybe other guys or girls are just like this so at least the devil i know like the statement the devil you know is better than like the the angel or the devil that you don't is self rejection 101 <laughs> in my opinion because you've determined that there's absolutely nothing better and you've found a way to convince yourself that that's enough of a justification to stay still so yeah, that's the first one, stagnation. The second one is loss of hope. And it kind of ties back into staying stuck and stagnation because if you don't believe there's anything better available than what you have, you're never, want to go- you're never going to want to aim for better. English, what a struggle. <laughs> you're never going to want to aim for better because there's no hope, right? And for me, hope is the biggest thing. If there is no hope for better, no hope for purpose, no hope for impact, then there is no enticement for tomorrow. There's no excitement or purpose in living another day or seeing what the future is going to hold because you've determined by self-rejecting that there is nothing left to to behold. So yeah, loss of hope is a form of self-rejection for any of you who look at things like that. Because you believe that there's nothing better, and you believe that this is the best for you, and if you're not happy and you're not satisfied, that could be very detrimental. Of course, there are obviously other reasons why we can stay places as I've said, but when you lose hope and the hope the loss of hope is the reason why you're staying. That is a form of self-rejection because you don't believe that there's a better tomorrow or a better next time or a better person or a better opportunity. And you've pretty much convinced yourself that, or you've pretty much come to terms with the fact that you're going to stay in this place of unhappiness because that's all that's available to offer. And that to me is tragic and extremely unfulfilling and it makes me unhappy when I think about that sorry to get all sentimental but it makes me very very unhappy when I hear that people are losing hope in themselves or in the world around them or in the future because hope is all we have right keep hope alive friends um another one another form of self-rejection is relinquishing your responsibility into the hands of others and this kind of goes along with lack of hope, right? Because if you don't have hope, if you don't believe anything can change, anything can be better, you determine that life is out of your hands. You're just living in this world where everything happens outside of you to you, but you have no autonomy or control over how you can change those things that are happening. So it's one of those things where you're like, it's not me, it's the way the market is. The system is rigged. Every man cheats. There's no good love available. I'm too old. I'm too inexperienced. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. And every other thing that you say, you, you take the responsibility out of your hands and you put it into something that is justified outside of yourself or something within yourself that is negative, that you believe to be a truth that will hinder you in whatever place you want to enter into. Be it, a job where you think oh yeah there's no point of applying for these jobs because I'm not qualified or the market is so horrible that nobody will get a job so I'm not I wouldn't get a job either so I'm just not going to apply or the system is rigged so there's no point of me ever taking a shot yes the system might be rigged. I'm never gonna sit here (laughs) and deny the rigging of the system but at the same time there are some people getting through so what side do you want to be on do you want to be on the trying and giving yourself a potential side or the automatic no side and that's the thing about self-rejection right like if you if you put yourself out there you can still be rejected by external forces I'm not denying this but at least you've given yourself the chance to be out there. There's a 50-50 chance. Now you might get the job, you might not get the job. But when you decide that you're not even worthy of the job or that it could never be yours, there's a 100% chance it won't be yours because the application deadline is gone and you haven't done it or that person asked you on a date and you didn't go or whatever else it is, right? So it's relinquishing the, your responsibility into the hands of others because you don't feel you have any power and that powerlessness can usually be attributed to a loss of hope. And that can happen from f- rejection from outside. Cause sometimes we reject ourselves because the pain of being rejected by others is too much to bear. I'm not going to sit here and deny that because trust me, I, I know what rejection feels like. <laughs> I'm never going to deny. It. I know what rejection feels like. I understand the sting, but As I said, I am not going to be one of the people inflicting that sting on myself. I would rather every single day be told no while I believe in myself that a yes is coming than for me to join the bandwagon of everybody who tells me no. I can't afford to live my life like that. I just cannot afford to. Another way that self-rejection looks is independence or should I say hyper-independence and perfectionist ideals. So, hyper independence is sometimes also, it also sometimes comes from that fear of rejection of other people, right? So, you don't need anybody because in the past you have needed people and they've let you down. So, now because of that, you do everything by yourself. And I'm not saying independence isn't a bad thing, like being self-sufficient, I'm all here for that, of course, as you guys probably know, but being hyper-independent is putting yourself in a place where you're overworking yourself and you're stretching yourself so thin because your ego won't allow you to ask for help when you know help is available and or when help could get you much further, much faster than you could possibly do it yourself. That's self-rejection. If you know that there is, I'm just going to keep going to the job um, route because I think that's probably that and relationships have been where I've been seeing a lot of self-rejection lately. Um, on the job route, there is a job posting and you know the CEO of the company. But you want to you don't want that person to think that or you don't in your mind, you've decided that you want to do it by yourself because you want to get it by your merit. And what I have to say with regards to merit is that if somebody gets you in the door through their connection, it's your abilities that keep you in the door. So shout out to everybody who does us good favors, who puts us in the door. But you can't make me. You can't be the reason why I have this job, because with all of your good graces and all of your good recommendations if i was trash they would fire me expeditiously so it can't only be you right but somebody who is hyper independent would rather apply for the job themselves be put into the um, entry pool and maybe see what happens instead of speaking to that person who they know telling them their interests showing what they bring to the table and doing it And you could see why that could be so short-sighted and that can be so detrimental. And some people will, will think of that as a noble stance, right? Like, I don't like to bother people. I don't like to ask for help. But no man is an island. We do not do this by ourselves. And when you do do it by yourself, you might get to where you're meant to. But it might just take a lot of unnecessary turmoil, a lot of unnecessary roadblocks, and a lot of unnecessary traffic because you just spent so much time spent with your ego instead of spending it maximizing on the resources around you and the same thing goes for perfectionist ideals right sorry um perfectionist ideals will have you thinking that you're not ready right so I wanna put this out there, but it's not perfect yet, so I'm gonna wait a little longer. I don't have the necessary skills yet, so I'm gonna wait a little longer. And procrastination is (laughs) self-rejection because if you spend so much time waiting, opportunities are passing you by left, right, and center. There's nothing we can do about it. Time is moving. Time is moving whether you move or not. And the, the more still you are trying to perfect something instead of putting it out there, you're separating yourself from the time. So yeah, that's another one. And another way that self-rejection can look is hesitance or avoidance of long-term commitments. And I guess this one goes more so for relationships. People who get scared of commitment long-term to the point where they separate themselves from that. And part of the reason is because they believe they start to foresee the failure before it even starts so much so that they decide to not let it start. And you could see why that can be problematic, right? Especially when you're dealing interpersonally, right? When you're dealing with other people, because how can you know for sure that there's going to be a failure if you haven't started and when, and how can you make all of these big decisions in your head when it's something that involves you and another person? So that fear or avoidance of long-term commitment will have many people. And this I've seen personally stepping away at the first sign of a disagreement, um, never committing to anything or anyone and constantly being in fear of the horrible end so much more than the great process that could happen that they don't ever start. So that is of course that's obvious self-rejection right because you're you're not even giving yourself a chance to feel things because of your fear of the potential consequences so you put yourself in this bubble where yes you're never heartbroken but at the same time you've never really experienced great love and for me i am pro pro great romantic love (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and lie. I am so for it and I will risk heartbreak over and over and over again to find that person who will make everything worthwhile because I truly believe that's available for me. And the final way, and this is of course not all encompassing. You guys might be able to, from the examples I've given, you might be able to find some ways that you're self-rejecting in your life. But the last one I have is dropping the ball so you don't have to wait for it to drop. I think. This is one that is key, key self-sabotage, right? Where you you think someone's going to break up with you, so you break up with them first. Or you're scared a job might fire you, so you fire them first. You think someone's going to hurt you, so you back away from them and then you hurt them first. And you do this because of the fear of that person having a one-up on you or you experiencing a pain So instead of you waiting around to see the potential of maybe experiencing that pain, but also maybe never experiencing that pain, you take matters into your own hands and you remove yourself from that situation to avoid it. But the thing is that when we remove ourselves from situations that could cause us pain and fear, we're also removing ourselves from situations that can cause us love, joy, hope, and happiness. Because all of these things are on the same side of risk, right? So you're, you're going to need to be a little bit scared to get to that place. And that's part of what makes it so rewarding to really step out on the ledge. Or as I tell my friend to walk off a cliff and land in purpose, right? So those are the list of ways that self-rejection can look. And you can just take a moment and pause this, or even I'll put them in the show notes actually, to just really look at how you might be doing that in your life. Because, it's it's not the place to be and we don't even understand how much this can hinder our growth and our progression until we do it and until we then take a step back and see how it's been impacting our lives how it's been stopping us from putting two foot in and how just having one foot at the door has us not into the places where we need to be because you can't be one foot in and one foot out but also be deep into that thing that your foot is in right so yeah um so with regards to dealing with self-rejection i would say it is a building game um building up your courage is is a muscle getting out of this place of self-rejection and hearing these voices, but being able to ignore them, this these things are all muscles that you need to build. So the three things you need to build to help you deal with self-rejection and remove it as much as humanly possible from your life is the first one, confidence. You need to build confidence in yourself, in what you do and what you bring to the table and what you offer in who you are and whose you are and walk in that confidence. And confidence doesn't come in a day. There might be one day where you're feeling great and wonderful, but then the next day you might just feel bloated and uninspired, you know? It's a muscle and as you build a muscle, there will be some days where the strength shows, but over time as you continue to build gradually, it will it will be more so your reality than than something that ebbs and flows up and down, right? the, the next thing you need to build is your self-worth. You need to determine who you are and whose you are, as I said, and what you're worth, what you're deserving of, what you deserve access to, what you're capable of doing, and what you want to accept and what you don't want to accept. If you don't think you're worthy, opportunities will come and they will intimidate you out the door. They will scare you so much that you'll end up rejecting yourself. But when you know that you're worthy, you will be more open to trying these opportunities out and that coupled with confidence, right? So self-worth can be, I'm deserving of good things. Confidence can be, I might not... I might not be where I need to be for this opportunity, but I know that should I be given that opportunity, I can step up to the plate. Therefore, I'm willing to go for it. Right. So that's where they kind of differ. Self-worth is our value. And then our confidence is is that like a booster pack, you know, <laughs> that booster pack that really propels us into these places because we already know what we're worth. And then we also know what we're capable of. So that combination is just killer. (laughs) And the final thing you need to build is your faith. You know, I said that self-rejection can look like a loss of hope. And part of the reason why we lose hope is because we cannot see the future. We can't guarantee it without a shadow of a doubt that it will go in our favor or happen the way we've had planned. And what really helps me when I am on the verge of losing hope is having faith. And my faith comes from God and understanding the fact that he, he um, there's a scripture in Psalm nine, um, three, no, Psalm 193, I believe verse five, it says, God goes before you and he goes behind you. And that's something that I really hold on to because I'm like, how cool is that if you're on a journey that somebody has already gone before you so they know everything that's going to happen and then they don't stay up there. They come and they follow behind you. And they literally walk you through it. So you have the most amazing tour guide to life because they've seen it all before and they've been there and they don't wait up there and say, oh, don't worry, you'll you'll get here. Don't worry, trust it. I'm up here. But then they still guide you, right? And that's where the faith aspect comes in. For me, a lot of what I see in life, what I can see might not necessarily always go the way I want or the way I hope. But at the same time, I trust and believe that if I continue to do the work, because I know what I'm worth and I have the confidence, I have the faith that things are going to turn around. And having faith is also relinquishing some power. I might have hoped it turned around like six months ago, but it's going to turn around in the in the best time that is available. And because of my faith, I'm able to have peace and focus on what I can focus on, which is maximizing the present that I'm in while I actively work towards the future that I want in hopes that I get there so yeah those were the three the three building blocks are building your confidence building your self-worth and building your faith and with that the words to live by for this week are you're the first gatekeeper to yourself and when I say yourself I mean yourself so two separate words you're yourself being the entity of who you are and being the gatekeeper to yourself can be a good and a bad thing, right? You can block out the people who you don't want to be there, the things who you don't want to be there, but you can also block out the ones who do and understanding the role of a gatekeeper will keep you very cognizant of who you're giving access to and what you're blocking and especially if you really work on figuring out how you're self-rejecting or if you're self-rejecting if you're not wonderful if you are somebody who has never self-rejected or you have unlearned that by building up the other muscles share this with a friend maybe it can help them right so as the gatekeeper, your responsibility is to have discernment of what you let in and what you don't let in. And being the gatekeeper means if that is off, you can miss out on some opportunities just as easily as you can let some people slip through the crack who shouldn't have been there or some opportunities or whatever it is, right? And being a gatekeeper is being a receptionist. (laughs) First line of defense of the CEO and the important things behind the scenes, right? Which is your confidence, your greatness, your love, your access, all of that. So just keep in mind the fact that you are the gatekeeper to yourself and really just take that position with pride and confidence because that that's the best thing you could be. And It will open up and close up so many necessary and unnecessary doors for you. But understand that you need to be your first line of defense and that line of defense needs to be strong and rooted in the right things to ensure that you don't miss out on any opportunities and that you don't let anything in that doesn't really need to be there. So yes, thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.